Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mystic Show. Happy mystical morning to you. If it's morning where you are, it's morning here, and the horizon is glowing orange. And I was kind of watching it for a minute to see how it lightens up. And, uh, you know, because the horizon is orange. And then if you look up, it's still like dark blue, like night. So some spectrum, how those two meet. Very interesting. So I'm glad you could join me. Have you seen our website yet? Themysticshow.net. Themysticshow.net. You can see all our information there, including our phone number, which you can give us a call, and you can also call us through Skype for free from anywhere in the world. So we have a great guest coming on later, Mm-hmm. and we're going to continue from our book, Above Life's Turmoil. Um, yeah, we started reading yesterday the passage called The Uses of Temptation, which was pretty interesting, um, and we talked about it a little bit too, so if you want to hear the first half, you can listen to yesterday's episode, and by the way, all of our episodes are archived on the website, themysticshow.net, and uh, this is the show about spirituality, mindfulness, self-help. And uh I'll just read this little bit from the website. I used to I used to say this every show and then I stopped saying it, but saints and mystics throughout time have been unanimously clear on this one point. Ignoring the unseen spiritual aspects of your life would be the biggest tragedy. And really that's what this show is about. We're kind of exploring the unseen, otherworldly, mysterious, psychic, spiritual, soulful, whatever you want to call it. It's such a rudimentary part of our lives, and quite often we get caught up in the riffraff, in the flotsam and jetsam of everyday life. We get stuck in our routines. You know how it is. In fact, that's probably why you're listening to the show, to kind of detach yourself from all that stuff out there and uh, and sit and relax with us. We do this show because this is a conversation that needs to happen. Today more than ever. I think the solutions to all of our problems personal and cultural and societal, the answer to all of our problems is for each person to go inside and make changes. Make changes there. And those changes on the inside, of course, percolate outwards. And, uh, you know, it's like if you have a room full of five really nice, good people, they have a nice experience. But if you put five horrible people in a room, they have a horrible experience. 
So there's no way to change the, the experience without changing the individuals. So that's why we're here. And uh, maybe you're already on the spiritual path. I know I've been on the path for, well, consciously for about 10 years. Before that, I, I mean, of course, we're all on the path, right? Every, every single person is on it, but we, some people don't know it. Some people are not cooperating with, uh, with what's going on, with, with their own journey. And that's what we're here to learn. So let's, uh, let's jump right in. We're reading from this book, Above Life's Turmoil. And um, I actually, yesterday I went to uh, Wikipedia and I looked up James Allen. And I read a little bit about his life. It just tells a little bit about his life. And uh, thing is, though, then I found this other webpage that told a little bit about his life. And some of the facts were actually different. And so now, now I think I'm going to go on a quest. I'm going to find out about James Allen. I'm going to research this. I mean, he passed away 101 years ago, but his books live on. His books are absolutely tremendous. So... We're on the passage called The Uses of Temptation. And again, this book is full of like little two and three and four page passages. The book is called Above Life's Turmoil by James Allen, the English mystic. And uh, The Uses of Temptation. And if you remember yesterday, he was talking about the three different stages, the animal stage, the dual stage, and the state of knowledge. And uh, he also talked about the delusion that all temptation is for, is comes from outside of ourselves, that we're tempted by things. He dispels that illusion by correctly pointing out that we're tempted because of our own desires inside of ourselves. The object outside is just the object. It's not uh, the cause of temptation. All right, so let's continue. And again, this is from The Uses of Temptation, which is in the book Above Life's Turmoil by James Allen. The good in a man is never tempted. Goodness destroys temptation. It is the evil in a man that is aroused and tempted. The measure of a man's temptations is the exact register of his own unholiness. As a man purifies his heart, temptation ceases. For when a certain unlawful desire has been taken out of the heart, the object which formerly appealed to it can no longer do so but becomes dead and powerless. For there is nothing left in the heart that can respond to it. The honest man cannot be tempted to steal. Let the occasion be ever so opportune. 
the man of purified appetites cannot be tempted to gluttony and drunkenness, though the viands and wines be the most luscious. He of an enlightened understanding, whose mind is calm in the strength of inward virtue, can never be tempted to anger, irritability, or revenge. And the wiles and charms of the wanton fall upon upon the purified heart as empty, meaningless shadows. Temptation shows a man just where he is sinful and ignorant, and is a means of urging him on to higher altitudes of knowledge and purity. Without temptation, the soul cannot grow and become strong. There could be no wisdom, no real virtue. And though there would be lethargy and death, there could be no peace and no fullness of life. When temptation is understood and conquered, perfection is assured. And such perfection may become any man's who is willing to cast every selfish and impure desire by which he is possessed into the sacrificial fire of knowledge. Let men, therefore, search diligently for truth realizing that whilst they are subject to temptation, they have not comprehended truth and have much to learn. Ye who are tempted know, then, that ye are tempted of yourselves. For every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lusts, says the Apostle James. You are tempted because you are clinging to the animal within you and are unwilling to let go. Because you are living in the false mortal self, which is ever devoid of all true knowledge, knowing nothing, seeking nothing, but its own immediate gratification, ignorant of every truth, and of every divine principle. Clinging to that self, you continually suffer the pains of three separate torments. The torment of desire, the torment of repletion, and the torment of remorse. In that false self, lies the germ of every suffering, the blight of every hope, the substance of every grief. When you are ready to give it up, when you are willing to have laid bare before you all its selfishness, impurity, and ignorance, and to confess its darkness to the uttermost, Then you will enter upon the life of self-knowledge and self-mastery. 
you will become conscious of the God within you, of that divine nature which, seeking no gratification, abides in a region of perpetual joy and peace, where suffering cannot come, and where temptation can find no foothold. Establishing yourself, day by day, more and more firmly in that inward divinity, the time will at last come when you will be able to say with him who millions worship, few understand, and fewer still follow, the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. All right, and that's the end of uh, that section. Let's take a short break. Okay, thank you to Anya for that. And uh, welcome back to The Mystic Show. Our website is themysticshow.net. You can find all of our archived episodes there, our phone number, our Skype handle. You can call us on the phone. You can call us on Skype. And... um, and also a little bit more about the show and links to our social media. Um, if you're on Twitter, you should definitely follow us um, at The Mystic Show. Um, Twitter's really handy and simple. And you can keep it simple. <laughs> the same as in life, if you keep it simple, it's usually better. The old kiss method, which... That reminds me of a of an old friend, Rich Dowling. I wonder if you're listening, Rich. Rich is a really good guy. Uh, all right, so we just read, we finished the uh, passage on the uses of temptation. And, you know, he, he keeps stressing this idea of basically purifying yourself of all your selfish tendencies. And I wonder how many of us actually try to do that. (laughs) I mean, it sounds good. It sounds logical. But we're on the spiritual path. I mean, are we really trying to do that? So that's one question. Are we really trying? And the second question is, how, how how should we do it? I mean, Talking about it is just the first step, but it's really it's really not even effective unless we do something about it. So 
So maybe in, in your own life, I don't know if you've ever sat down for five minutes and really thought about what, uh, what changes you would like to make or what desires you, you need to let go of. But I will say that the practice of meditation and, and um, well, the practice I do, which is Sahaj Marg, is, also has a cleaning element to it, which is, that's what it is. It's actually, you're removing these, uh, the, the spiritual seeds of the, all these desires, and uh, it really works. It, it, it absolutely works. It's actually amazing, because when I started the practice, I, I, you could basically say that I was a completely different person. And over time, over a few years, a couple years, two, let's say two years, um, so many of my habits had changed for the better, and I didn't really try to change them. So that's the kind of the amazing thing, that if you find the right system of meditation and spiritual growth, the system kind of takes care of those things for you. And that's the system, and the other even more important part is having a spiritual guide who can actually do these things for you as well. Someone who can remove things. Because it's hard for us to do it ourselves, right? In fact, some say it's impossible. All right, well, I wanted to talk a little bit about prayer as I mentioned on my trip to India about, uh, gee, two and a half months ago, um, I one of my realizations was that, um, you know, we all want to help people, right? We all want to help people. In fact, there's one, one of my friends recently was saying, how can we really help other people? Like, is it possible to really help other people? Because we've all had the experience that, you know, you try and do something nice for someone and it either backfires or or they don't even know or they don't care or they're not grateful to you um, or they resent it. They resent your help and they sort of do the opposite <laughs> just to spite you. So we've all had those experiences. And then even, you know, just talking with people, trying to give them a little calmness and peace of mind and maybe a little bit of uh, enthusiasm or, or motivation. That's the word I was looking for. You know, you can try and motivate people and, and tell, you know, if they're in a bad place, if they're in a negative sort of depressed state, you can try to be positive, try to talk to them about, how everything's going to be all right. But ultimately, we all understand that we can try to help people, but it's very difficult. Because that person who's a little depressed and negative, they will remain depressed and negative until they change their mindset and come out of it. It doesn't really matter what we say. I mean, it matters, but let's call it, you know, 
1%. And that might be a little too generous, too. But let's call it 1%. So if we're positive and encouraging, that's 1% good. The other 99% of, of the change needs to come from that person. And that's... So... It's, it, it can become difficult. Now, if you're a parent and you have children, then obviously you can influence your children and teach them and train them and everything. You have a lot more influence, right? Um, but I, what we're talking about really is, is when we're adults, right? We're trying to help other adults. And so, it, and, and I came across it in my own life, trying to help people or trying to do something good, and it just doesn't work. Like, it, it has zero effect and after a while, it's like, well, what, you, you know, you try and figure it out. You try and understand why or how or, you know. And so during my India trip, my big takeaway was um, there's really only a couple things we can do. Number one, which I already mentioned, was just to be encouraging, right? You can only encourage folks to be happy or to be hopeful or to to gain knowledge on the path, right? You can encourage that, and it's very good. But the bigger, more impart, important piece is, um, is to pray for them. And that was my big revelation on this trip to India, that that's really the only thing I can do. And here, but here's the thing. In reality... It's the only effective thing you can do. And in a lot of ways, if, if, if we pray correctly, um, it will be more effective than, you know, jumping up and down in front of the person and trying to be motivating or anything like that. So the idea of prayer is, is a very interesting one. First of all, when it comes to helping other people, but then when it comes to just even helping ourselves. So the idea of prayer, I think in at the root of it, in all of our minds, I think we've been sort of conditioned by religion to think that prayer, not only religion, culture and society as well, we've been conditioned to think of prayer as asking for things, right? Oh God, please give me a better job and Oh God, don't let my boss be mad at me for this. You know. Oh God, please let my my children go to a good college. And, you know, in a way the intentions are good for most of those things, but really it's like we're asking for things, it's like we're begging for things. And it's sort of like we think God is just like this big uh this I don't even know, like a bank, this big bank in the sky that we need to pray to who's going to give us money or something. And that's just, I mean, clearly that's just a complete misunderstanding of God and prayer. <laughs> Both understandings are completely wrong. Because, well, first of all, God has already given us everything. And he only, God only gives us what's good for us. 
So if you don't have a million dollars, then basically God's telling you, look, it's really probably not good for you to have a million dollars right now. When it becomes good for you, spiritually, to have a million dollars, you will have a million dollars. So there's that understanding that we always have what we need at the moment. We always have whatever we need to progress spiritually in this moment, we have. And if you don't have something, that means you don't need it right now. Okay, so prayer mainly is people begging and asking for things. But the real prayer and the one that's effective in helping other people and helping yourself, the real prayer is more like a, just a call from the heart, you know, the innermost core of your heart. And it's not asking for anything. It's just sort of acknowledging that divine presence and also being grateful for what you already have. And also kind of, um, well, we can use the word surrendering, which is, that's a tough word for, especially for Americans. <laughs> um, better, a more easier word to tolerate is probably acceptance. Just accepting what is and and saying, okay, God or the universe, I accept it. And uh, I know it's all for the good and may may it all work out how you would like it to work out so that and obviously there's a subtlety to prayer and i think when we start to learn about the subtlety of prayer and as we meditate more and become more subtle our prayer will actually become more effective and of course even this prayer this idea of prayer is something that we should do on our spiritual journey, and we should also be uh, sensitive to what we're doing and what, how we feel and what the result is. Because everything we do on our spiritual journey, like our meditation and our cleaning and our prayer, we... We have to become better at these things. We don't just do it and check it off of a checklist and say, okay, I did my prayer. No, we have to become, you have to pray better, more effectively every time. Because our goal is to become, uh, well, I want to say a perfect human being, but that's in a spiritual sense, perfect totally realizing your your divine nature. So we have to improve, keep improving ourselves on all these things um, or else we'll just keep, it's like if you learn to, you learn to add in third grade and if you just kept on adding like you were in third grade and you didn't learn multiplication, you didn't learn division, you didn't learn algebra, didn't learn trigonometry, didn't learn calculus, you learned nothing. But you just go on thinking, oh, I know math. I can do addition. I know math. I'm good at math. No, you're not. You're at the very, 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 very beginning. And uh, if you really want to know math, you have to learn that and move on. Learn the next thing. Learn the next thing. 
And that's how it is in our spiritual growth. We need to do things, meditate, clean, pray. And each one, you need to keep stepping it up. How can you do it better? What can, what more can you learn about it? So when it comes to prayer, and uh, we're going to get our guest on in a minute, but when it comes to prayer, we need to become more subtle. And that subtlety is... Uh, it's really actually amazing because the more subtle we become, the more effective our prayer becomes. And obviously subtle means if you're going to pray, if you're going to pray, there's different ways to do it. You could literally buy a bunch of, uh, you could, you could rent out a concert stadium and put up the biggest speakers in the world and turn it up super loud and scream into the microphone your prayer. That's not very subtle, right? Then there's the other end of the spectrum, the very, very subtle way where you just close your eyes and and have the thought of your prayer. And even that thought is barely a thought. It's like the the thought of a thought or the beginning of a thought. Very, very subtle. Which one do you think is more effective? So prayer and subtlety go together, and um, and I hope each of us can keep on learning and keep on improving. And most important, of course, is that you call the Mystic Show and tell us your progress. <laughs> right? I think that's part of your spiritual journey. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a little break here, and then... Uh, and then we're going to have on, well, you're going to find out who we're going to have on. But actually, if you're listening to the podcast, you've already read who's going to be the guest. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Mystic Show. That's a little piece called China Gates. China Gates. And I think I told you the story. Uh, I was, one day I was taking a nap and I, my alarm went off and the radio, it was a radio alarm and that song was playing. And it was like, it was like a dream world when I heard it at first. So welcome back to the Mystic Show. I'm Chris Curran and uh, our website is themysticshow.net. And you can learn all about our show and our phone number and everything. And and right now, I'm hoping we have our guest on the phone. Are you there, guest? Yes. Good morning, <laughs> Chris. How are you? Good. Good morning, everyone. See, this was our surprise, Mystic Maria. Wow, so happy to have you uh, again on on a, on a Friday. That seems to be your uh, your your day, Maria. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. 
Right? This is awesome. I mean, uh, you know, Mystic Maria, you're a spiritual aspirant. You're, uh, you're a member of Pause Your Life, and you're also a Dale Carnegie instructor and a, a very, well, successful corporate executive as well, which is so cool that you're, you're kind of working all the angles there in life, right? Yes, they all come together. <laughs> yeah, and that brings up a question. Do you find that you're, and I, this is, I kind of know the answer, but I want to I hear your answer. Um, do you find that your spiritual practice and your, your you know, personal development really helps you in the corporate sphere? Um, so in my earlier years, it was very, very difficult, right? Because you really don't understand how to be spiritual, you know, in a business environment. It becomes very, very difficult. And I think as the years go by and as you become wiser, you realize that spirituality is not a separate something. You know, it's not, it's not I'm living my life. And, oh, by the way, there's a spiritual thing I have to do. (laughs) (laughs) But basically, um, uh, it's part of who you are, right? So, So just like you wake up in the morning and you say, I am a professional, fill in the blank, whatever you are, right? Right. Um, you could also say, I am a spiritual person. And with that comes all the attributes that go with that. And um, a certain... Um, it's almost like it bleeds, it, it like permeates and bleeds into the worldly activities just by, the, by itself or something. Yes, yes, absolutely. It, it, it actually becomes who you are, right? It's not, a, it's not a what do I do, it's a who am I. And I feel that, you know, that that's kind of the same even with your profession, right? It, it eventually becomes who you are. Uh, you identify with it, you say, you know, I'm an accountant or I am a, an actor. You know, you, um, you start using those powerful words you know, I am, and whatever follows, you know, has certain uh, attributes that, that you follow and, and you become. So, so I think it, it all comes together, right? Yeah, and it made me, makes me think of uh, the rose. Um, I think my spiritual guide mentioned it once, that a rose is beautiful, but and it smells very, very nice, but it doesn't try to be beautiful or smell very nice it just is (laughs) and and other people can appreciate that and and see the beauty and smell the smell the nice fragrance um it's not something the rose is trying to do it just is right right but it's so much harder for us (laughs) just a little because we don't know we are right so um the rose knows it is. You know, you, I, I watch birds all day long, mm. and um, I put out a bird feeder, and I just watch them, and they just know they are. <laughs> right. You know, the, there is no question, like, am I a bird? Am I supposed to fly? Am I supposed, you know, look at how, how what a horrible bird I am, you know. <laughs> <laughs> look how bad my parents were. <laughs> 
my parents did to me, you know. <laughs> um, there is absolutely none of that, you know. But, but basically, we seem to have a different journey of continually trying to remember who am I. And, um, you know, as far as spirituality, it feels like it's a journey back to us understanding and loving ourselves because we just are, right? So so it's very, very fascinating <laughs> as far as the journey we go through and um, the rediscovery of ourselves. And the reason I say rediscovery, um, when you watch babies, you know that we come into the world. We we just are. You know, we know we're great. Yeah. <laughs> there is no baby that questions itself or says, oh, you know, what a horrible person I am. <laughs> <laughs> it just is. And um, through life, we unlearn it. And then through life, we have to relearn it again um, in order to, to get to a state of spirituality and total peace and happiness, right? Mm. So, um, so it's fascinating. I, um, uh, it's it's a lovely journey, I must say. Yeah, and and someone else just told me oh, I can't remember. I can't remember where it was. I've been doing so many shows lately and talking to so many cool people about really good subjects. But somebody said, like like you mentioned, a baby up until like the age of two or three there's like no ego really and then then at some point they figure out oh this is me and that's you and we're separate and and then they start labeling each person and you know judging and um so it's almost like ego well it's been said ego is the only barrier in our spirituality right right it's all taught and you know and and we um and it's not easily taught, right? Like, when you watch children and, you know, when they're on timeout and you tell them you're not good, you could see them screaming and crying because they know that that's not true. Right? <laughs> wow. So, um, but, but basically we start believing it, right? As, as time goes on, we start thinking, I'm not good and I'm not lovable and I'm not all the whatever else people tell us, right? Right. Um, And my goodness, all of a sudden we find ourselves teenagers, and how do we deal with all those I'm not? And then we find ourselves as adults, and then it becomes the journey, right? (laughs) Right. So how how have you... uh, how have you experienced this sort of like peeling away the layers that you had accumulated like kind of dismantling your own ego have 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 you looked at it that way in your own life um for some reason chris uh well number one i was an only child and um my mom was very um i'm going to just say it very tough about showing me off So there was an expectation for me to be like the perfect child, right? And like I said, there's a struggle right there, you know, that you go through. But at the same time, as an only child, I had a lot of time to think about things. Um, and, And as I mentioned on an earlier show, 
I also had exposure to spirituality at a very, very young age. So I spent a lot of time thinking about things. Um, I, I think I always kept one foot in the water, mm. <laughs> meaning as all these things were happening to me, you know, and I wasn't, you know, God forbid I didn't get straight A's. And God forbid, you know, I wasn't perfect. Um, but at the same time, I always knew, you know, um, the authentic side of things. So at, at the same time, as I was growing up and I was, as I was going through all these things, I totally understood love. I totally understood um God, the universe, abundance. Um, so, so for some reason, I always, like I said, I always had uh, a toe in the water, right? Mm. <laughs> and, um, but I have to say, you know, uh, there was a lot of forgetting I did. And then I, I guess about 16 years ago, um, I was engaged to someone, and uh, he was writing a book, a spiritual book. And as a result, there was a lot of spiritual discussions. Um, at the same time, I was teaching Sunday school, and, you know, I mentioned there was a religious, a strong religious um, wave in my life. But, but through this person... That I, that I spent a lot of time with, you know, I got to understand spirituality and I got to understand, um, especially through the book he was writing at the time, that it's a journey back to loving ourselves. And, and of course, that's not the only thing the book says, you know, <laughs> but, but it was a, um, a realization that we are perfect. And, and, you know, everybody tells us we're not as we're growing up. The realization that even, you know, the person in a wheelchair is perfect for the purpose that they're here to achieve. You know, even if I can't do math at all, and the whole world tells me how stupid I am because I can't do math, I'm perfect for the purpose that I'm here to accomplish. And if we all start accepting ourselves and loving ourselves for what we are, and instead of looking at what can't I do, if you start looking at what can I do, <laughs> what gives me joy, total, total joy in this life, and how is that joy connected to my purpose? Um, that becomes the journey. That becomes what you should be following, right? Yeah. So you seem to be blessed that from early on, like you said, you always had one foot in kind of in spirituality, um, even though whatever happened in your your material life, you kind of always had this thing that you knew, you know, divinity in your life and your your beauty and perfection and stuff. But what about people who maybe aren't so sensitive or aren't so blessed? Um, you know, some people just 
either they don't feel it or they don't know it or they had a different upbringing and it's it just is harder for a lot of people what what would you suggest that they do just start meditating or right 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 so so part of this is uh to just stop just stop you know um Pause. <laughs> I love, love, love the pause your life meetup. You know, it, just stop and just meditate and go inside because even the people that don't know really do, right? Part of the struggle that we have in life is that we are presented with all these things in life and we know that that's not true. So we fight it, right? Um, when When somebody slaps you or when somebody slaps you emotionally, spiritually, Mm. or physically, you know that that's not what's supposed to be happening. And part of the, part of what uh, people who are going through this need to know is that you're right. It's not supposed to be happening. So, so... How do you cross over, right, from not knowing to um, to knowing to loving yourself and to uh, doing what you do, uh, what you need to do in order to get back on your journey? Is is to realize that uh, what we are going through in the physical world. Is, is really uh, a reflection of our subconscious, right? Mm. So one of the things that we can do is change it by changing our beliefs and at looking at things from a different perspective. So, so for, for people who are struggling, for people who can't connect with their spiritual side, what if we took a step from all of it, you know, almost uh, look at your life as though you're not in it, mm. right? Take a step back and um, uh, look at all that's happening. Is it possible that this is just something to get over in order for me to become stronger, to become more loving, to become more understanding of myself, in order... F- in order for me to resume my journey. So, and look at everything. I said, what did I learn from this? How did this make me stronger? You know, uh, when you start looking at things from the perspective of everything that happens contributes to your next level of spirituality, because we go through through multiple levels. I really think, I feel like we're in a building and, and we, we're on an elevator. Mm. <laughs> and when we think we know it all, it's time to push the button one more floor up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and once you go one more floor up, boy, is it a different perspective, right? Yeah. Um, think of being at the top of the Empire State Building looking down versus being on the first floor looking down, right? Mm. Um, From the first floor, it looks pretty ugly out there. (laughs) You know, from the top floor, oh my gosh, is it beautiful. (laughs) So, So the whole idea is to experience the first floor 
and know that there's a top floor. Know there's, um, as you keep moving up in spirituality, the more neutral you become about it, the less tied up in a pretzel you become. <laughs> mm, wow. So that's interesting, the, the elevator analogy you just used. And w- one of my thoughts was that as you go up to the next floor, you're like... You sort of develop a comfort zone on one floor, so when you're moving up to the next floor, you kind of have to get out of your comfort zone, and it's a little uncomfortable. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. If you don't go outside of your comfort zone, you never get to the next floor. (laughs) You know, you're stuck on a floor. So how great is it? When things happen in our lives, you know, when when we say, oh, my gosh, I'm struggling, all these horrible things are happening, how different would it be if we looked at them as, oh, my gosh, it's time to go up. Yeah, <laughs> you know? here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and just experiencing whatever is going on, knowing that there is a really good outcome at the other end. And that's what I mean, Chris. It's almost a different way of thinking, a different perspective altogether. Um, yeah, it really is. And and it reminded me of another analogy that <clears throat> um, diamonds are created because they've, they've been under tremendous pressure for so long that it creates the diamond when it, when it was just coal. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so so the, the very interesting thing is we start out as diamonds, go into coal state. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, and then very slowly, one floor at a time, you know, becoming the diamond again. Or knowing that we are a diamond to begin with, you know. Um, so so it's, it's, it's really such an amazing journey. And, and I do hope that uh, the listeners of the show, um, you know, they, they may be listening to this and saying, you know, what is wrong with these people? What are they talking about? <laughs> but, but if you could just take a step back and look at it as a possibility, right. then it is, it is so liberating yeah. uh, because it liberates you from your struggles. You know that your struggles really are building you up to go to the next level. Um, I always tell people, imagine if you are in first grade and somebody says, great job, Uh, beginning tomorrow, you're going to high school. (laughs) And you know, you would not be able to handle it, right? So right. so a lot of people are saying, oh, my gosh, why isn't my life perfect? Because it's not time yet, mm. right? It's, yeah, you're going to get to high school. Right. <laughs> you know, don't worry about it. Um, but, but guess what? You need to to learn from every single grade in order to be able to handle the next one. And even if you're a brilliant person, you you need to learn, you know, let's say, you know, people that skip from first grade to fifth grade, there's still a certain amount of growth that needs to take place mm. in order for that to happen, right? So um, That's also an interesting analogy because I know when I was in high school, I think when I was a senior in high school, there was this kid 
who was like some genius and like I think he was like I don't even know 10 years old or yeah I think he was 10 years old or maybe 11 years old and we were all 17 years old and and so maybe intellectually he could hang with us he he could understand things but socially emotionally it was it's very difficult absolutely yeah. and i just want to also mention real quick that you're listening to the mystic show and uh my name is chris kern and our guest today is mystic maria spiritual aspirant and member of pause your life and we're discussing a lot of things about ego and um forgetting you mentioned forgetting is that something you you did purposefully <laughs> no 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 um i think all of us get all wrapped up in life right um uh, we get punished and we get punished as children and then we get punished in life right um and through those punishments we start to struggle and we forget that it's not really a struggle, right? It's it's um, it's a homework assignment. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a let's see how do we get to uh, the next level, and that's part of the reason that some of us get stuck in that punishment, right? Mm. Because something happens in our life, and we go through it with such a struggle and we don't learn from it you know we just you know end up with resentment we end up with baggage right mm. which means we didn't learn a thing so now we have to go through it again right. <laughs> until we learn how until we realize that it's something we learned you know from this whole experience and until we take that learning and put it into the next aspect of your life you know it's it's where the realization comes that you know i am good i am perfect you know i should not accept situations that make me not that right mm. and and i don't mean quit your job or you know get a divorce <laughs> <laughs> but but i mean Look at it from that perspective, and maybe, yes, sometimes separate from that. But the beauty of it is figuring out how to survive it, right? Mm. Because in every single one of us, we have the capability to transform ourselves, and as a result, transform the world, right? Transform everything around us. So, right. you know, a lot of people walk away, you know, I hate my job, I'm just going to quit. I hate this marriage, I'm going to quit. I hate this relationship, I'm going to quit, which which basically, um, you know, puts you in a situation of, okay, you'll just have to experience it again then. <laughs> uh, Maria, you're describing my life up until probably five years ago. <laughs> oh my goodness, Chris. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's, it, I did learn it though. I mean, in a way. Um, and, and, and it wasn't, it didn't, I didn't learn it all in one moment. Like it wasn't this big, you know, realization that, oh my God, I have to just accept these problems and, and get, learn from it and then it won't come back. Uh, I didn't learn it like that, but um, 
over time, I did, I did actually learn it. Right. And nobody learns it like that. That's, that's part of the reason we don't know, because everything is so gradual, right, mm. that, you know, you don't realize that all is good, you know, all, everything on this universe is, is for your good, you know, nothing is there to, you know, to result in a bad outcome, to result in you losing. Right. <laughs> you know, nothing is there for that. Everything is set up for you to win. Right, exactly. So, Maria, we're actually out of time. I mean, can you, <laughs> can you believe that? Thank you so much for this discussion, Chris. Yeah, um, this has been great. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> we were talking about the ego and um, about what to do, about stopping, changing beliefs. And, um, yeah, so Mystic Maria, <laughs> thanks for coming on the Mystic Show. And uh, I can't believe how fast the time goes. But And, um, yeah, maybe, okay, I want to talk with you about something off the air, but... Uh, but yeah, so let's uh, let's say goodbye, Maria, and then I'll close out the show, and then hopefully we you can uh, we can have you on the show next week as well. Absolutely, thank you so much, Chris. Cool, thank you, Maria. It's and been we'll great. We'll talk to you later. All right, bye. Bye now. Bye. All right. Well, wow, Mystic Maria. I mean, can you <laughs> you can just feel how much she has to share, and how much experience on the path she has, and just regular life experience i mean she hasn't she hasn't gone to the himalayas and meditated for 35 years or something but i mean she's in the trenches and she's like she says she's learning from things and and gradually becoming something better i mean she's living that and uh, that's what i love about having maria on the show it's just it's just great i'm so grateful to uh mystic maria <laughs> as I call her. Well, so that's it for the show today. Um, I hope, I hope you enjoyed some of the topics and found it insightful. And, and maybe most of all, I hope you found it encouraging. I feel very encouraged after that little chat with Maria and after reading from the James Allen book. I mean, we really are learning and living and becoming more spiritual people. That's what we're doing. So enjoy the journey. Enjoy your day. Remain in that good vibration. And uh, as you meet people, maybe smile. Maybe wink at them too. <laughs> and as always, keep shining. <laughs>